Rumble. And you're listening to 88.1 KCOU Columbia. Yeah. I want my teenage son to be thinking how to deal with life's stresses and natural changes. I want to know how to talk to him about things he'll experience as he builds relationships. I want him to know I'm there for him. I just don't know how. Here is a resource that can get you started. Connect With Me activity cards have been developed to help begin the discussions. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and other resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Lava roupa todo dia Que agonia Na quebrada da soleira Que chovia Até sonhar de madrugada Uma moça sem Something a little more, I don't know, a little more classic, perhaps. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. That's better. Let your heart be 
Good evening, Mid-Missouri and race fans everywhere. Hope you all are having a relaxing evening tonight, December the 5th, 2020. Welcome to this edition of Burn and Rubber on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Happy holiday season, whatever holiday you celebrate this time of year. Sterling Price in the studio with Hallie Stepp and Justin Palmer. What? You, you, you guys are looking at me like something strange just happened. Okay, sure. Mariah Carey started playing over the speakers. Uh, it's just, it's that time of year. It's the holiday spirit. And man, I'm feeling great after the Mizzou victory over Arkansas today. Oh, man. That was a classic game. I, as a Mizzou student, that gave me a lot of stress. But from a, just a pure college football fan perspective, it doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better if you're a college football fan, but I think collectively we've all, all lost at least a month off our lives because of that <laughs> game if due to heart issues. Man, that was a fun game and just to listen to. Oh, yes, I'm back in studio Oh, after a long drive down. And, yeah, that if you guys were watching that game, that was game was just stressful to listen to. Oh, oh, and yeah. shout out to all the guys at KCLU for covering that game. Hey, they had an awesome call tonight. Absolutely. Alex and Ben did a great job on the call tonight. And um, I'm not going to try to toot my own horn on the production side, but uh, it was it was a good game to produce. Production number four for you. Oh, stop. <laughs> I, I, I do try. I try my best. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and jump right in because there's a lot of news that we didn't cover yesterday that uh, we have to cover today. Now, if you missed yesterday's show, we talked about the F1 race in Bahrain, Roman Grosjean's uh, death-defying crash that he survived, and the many driver replacements that will be happening this weekend for the Sakir Grand Prix, how Lewis Hamilton uh, got COVID-19, George Russell gets plucked from Williams to drive in his place for at least this weekend, Jack Aitken replaces... Uh, Russell at Williams for this weekend, making his F1 debut, and Pietro Fittipaldi will make his F1 debut, driving in place of Roman Grosjean, who had some burns, uh, minor burns, after the uh, accident on the first lap of the race and how the halo saved Grosjean's life. Um, There was some other news about F1 and Haas drivers announcing announcing their lineup, but Let's go ahead and dive right into the NASCAR Hey, what news. happened to one of those Haas drivers today? Or do we want to start with that? I think we should start with that. That's a good point. The, uh, during today's F2 race, uh, uh, for those who don't know, Haas F1 has announced their drivers. Mick Schumacher, the son of seven-time world champion Michael Schumacher, will be driving. The second driver is Nikita Mazepin, a Russian Formula 2 veteran. Uh, who brings a lot of money from his father's uh, Russian chemical company that his father's a major uh, shareholder in. But Mazepin had um, some shenanigans in today's race. Uh, There were multiple instances where Mazepin was blocking other drivers almost to the clear other side of the track. Um, uh, I, I... that's about all I've got to say on it. It was just, it was pretty clear and blatant blocking. How, I know you've got a lot to say on this. All right. So I was a little bit hard on him yesterday, and I kind of thought he's a young guy, maybe he's after. This guy is going to be a liability on the racetrack for Haas. Oof. This is, the, when you're blocking like that, I'm concerned that you really believe that you're going to be blocking people in a Haas car. You're just going to be holding up a line with that car. Secondly, I, I, I already thought he's a pay driver. 
He is brings a lot of money, and that's about all he brings to the table, to be honest. He obviously has a little bit of talent, good sl- bit of it, because he's third in the standings. i got to give him credit for that in F2. But when I see that he's getting the ride over Callum Eilat, and he pulls this the day after we report that we talk about the signings, I have minimum faith in him as a driver so far. Him off the track already brings a lot of problems. This is troubling for Haas just in terms of what's he going to be like when he gets to the big show? Because it feels like a lot has already gone to his head. I mean, and people complain about Grosjean all the time and for his blocking and aggressive maneuvers. You want to talk about a guy coming in now oh, who's doing it in F2? I mean, in wake-up call, oh, it's going to be needed at Haas because Mazepin is not going to work out if he's pulling this type of stuff on the racetrack. Haas is, at best, top 10 in, in a single race, and they're lucky to get up that front, I mean, that far, if they have good strategy. I do not see this working out right now, and how I am I'm with you. I definitely have a lot of concerns for Mazepin and going up, up to the F1 and circuit next year. I mean, it's pretty clear that Mazepin brings a lot of money. Haas needs the money. And, um, I mean, if, if money... <clears throat> I, I forgot my train of thought. I lost my train of thought as to what I was going to say. But Well, if you want money, a driver's an example of a driver who is not so good with money. Look at what happened with Quinn Hauf this year. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there. yeah, that that's a, an example to use. But I don't know. Uh, who knows? Maybe, just maybe, Mazepin surprises a lot of us. And I know <clears throat> we also talked about progress, what we expect for them next year. We don't expect much out of Mazepin. And we don't expect much out of Haas in general. For Mick Schumacher, expectations, I would say, at least on my end, are a little bit higher. But I don't expect him to set the world on fire in first season. Because usually, this is what I've noticed in F2 and F3 for Schumacher. Mick, it takes him about a season, a season and a half, to really uh, get things under him. Once he does that, once he gets enough experience under him, he can elevate the team, I think. I do want to point out with uh, Mazepin, if this carries over, it won't carry over for long, I believe. Gunther Steiner will not put up with that. He has proven he's uh, he's his reputation with Haas has not been great, but he is known for being hard on his drivers when they mess around on track. If you aren't, if you're getting penalties in like this, two penalties in four incidents, he is not going to put up with that. No, he's not going to put up with that. I really hope of this snaps out of him um, immediately, but I don't think that's going to be the case. And as for Mick, I don't have high expectations either. I don't think that's fair to put on Schumacher or this early on in his career. Or Yeah, it's Haas. It's going to take some time. I feel like I, people are thinking, oh, he's going to be the next ex- – I mean, he's going to be his father. Or he's going to be a, the next Lewis Hamilton and type driver. That's not the case. That's not the case. He's not in the right – right now, the way a Ferrari's going, the way Haas is going, that's not going to be the case. Hey, so it's going to take a while for Schumacher to get at his his feet under him and for him to go out and perform. So really, I don't expect much, and I'm not going to put too much on him if he doesn't perform because he's already in a pretty bad situation. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Haas drivers do for next season. Um, now, now that we've gotten that out of the way, I do want to tackle the other news items that happened over the last few weeks. Um, Wait, does our racing series besides Formula One? You don't say. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about F1 lately, but there is some news on the NASCAR side, and we'll dive right on into that. First, the Daytona 500, not the best news. 
uh, to start with surrounding that race, but it will be run with a reduced fan capacity. Unfortunately, that will end the sellout streak, but, um, you know, this is done with the... Uh, with public safety in mind, especially with COVID-19. Got to do what you got to do. I know, yeah. Absolutely, but I wonder, if they sell all the tickets that they can, I would consider that a sellout, personally. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it depends depends on what people consider a sellout, what Daytona does, but um, the grandstands won't be full, we'll say that much, but you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes sacrifices need to be made. On to some more silly season news on NASCAR. Corey LaJoy has found a ride for next season. He announced on his Sunday Money podcast that he will be driving the new number seven car for Spire Motorsports in 2021. Spire will become a two-car team next season. They will field their number 77, as they have for the last few years, but also their new number seven, and LaJoy will be driving that car full-time. Gentlemen, uh, we've seen what Corey LaJoy was able to do at uh, Go Fast Racing the last couple seasons. Uh, what are our expectations at Spire? I don't know. If it, it's uh, tough to tell because Spire's going to be going under a little bit of changes with the technical alliance with Hendrick. In a way, Corey LaJoy kind of gets his wish of being a Hendrick driver. He's going to have a Hendrick engine. So I think it's going to be kind of the same as we have seen. There's a lot of hype around Spire, and keep in mind, and I think Spire is really starting to realize, hey, we can actually go out and perform better. I think think we all know, oh, this team was out to make money when it first came in in 2018. Then they won a race, and then they were like, oh, we can actually, you know, we can actually go out and compete. And getting Corey LaJoy is not a bad hire. I think this team... Aim has a lot of upside next season, but the question I have is how much upside is it going to have? And could Spire or escape a, where they're at right now, uh, being next to Starcom, and elevate themselves into a category more suited for or some of the uh, something like Front Row, who's going to be a, um, hate to say it, but Front Row's I was taking a step backwards next year because they don't really have much of a... I mean, there's not really much of a gap anymore. I mean, the gap is completely wide open between Front Row and the kind of the bottom of the field at this point because all the teams that were are kind of filler in that area are not there anymore. So it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to be right around where Jermaine and Levine and were or last season. Yep. So for Spire, the expectations, I don't really expect much out of them next not year, honestly. Much. Maybe a slight improvement, but who knows? Uh, on the Xfinity side, AJ Allmendinger is going to be coming back to college racing. No surprise there. What is a surprise, however, is that he is going to run the full season. He is going to run for a full championship. Gentlemen, three drivers at college are going full-time next year. They are expanding to a three-car full-time operation, and they will have a fourth car part-time for Ross Chastain in select races next season. So you've got Jeb Burton, who is coming over from a partial schedule at JR Motorsports. You've got Justin Haley. Now you're adding A.J. Allmendinger. The super speedways are going to be their playgrounds, I feel like. But other tracks. Allmendinger won at Atlanta last year. This... Man, they are. This is a. They're. I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over my words, but Colleg Racing, they're looking to become basically the GMS Racing of the Xfinity series, in my opinion. What do y'all think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't blame you for something over your words because I'm excited to see the Dinger going full time again. Honestly, it's been 
couple of years now since he's been running in the Cup Series. And he's always a threat on the track, I feel like. Even if he's back, qualified back in the 20s, he can make a run up to the front, especially in colleague equipment. I am excited to see him back in Xfinity. Here's the deal. He's not going to have to deal with being in the back of the field uh, because he's going to be running full-time. And, and the thing that set him back were the owner's points, and that's not going to be the case anymore. So I am absolutely thrilled that he's going to be running full-time next season. And and he's definitely a driver who's going to be in that round of eight. I guarantee you he will be in the round of eight, and he will probably have more than one win next season because, again, the all the schedules are shifting more towards road courses. And guess who is the ultimate king of the modern-day road course besides Chase Elliott, A.J. Allmendinger. So this is going to be interesting. I'm excited to see what he can do. Well, he's going to be a threat. He's probably going to, He might be a Final Four contender, in my honest opinion, but at three and a half cards for colleague racing in next season, and this team is making strides. It's in the Xfinity Series, and they are getting ready for the Cup Series, and I'm really going to be... That's something we're going to really have to keep an eye on, is if they go to the Cup... Who are they bringing up? That'll be something for sure. Um, yeah, for Almondinger, that champ car, IndyCar experience will definitely come in handy on the road courses. And I fully expect him to be uh, regularly contending for victories on the many road courses that the Xfinity Series will visit next season. Now, next up, there is a lot of news on the Truck Series. So, um, tell you what, I'm just going to round it all up and then ask what you guys think. So, we'll start with John Hunter Nemechek, because we talked about him before Thanksgiving, that he was leaving Front Row Motorsports, and we couldn't really understand why. Well, it, uh, basically what Nemechek is doing, he is taking a step back, actually a couple steps, but he's going to drive in the truck series for Kyle Busch Motorsports, something that we had treated as just like a rumor before Thanksgiving. Well, that rumor turned out to be more true than we thought. He is going to drive the number four Toyota in the truck series for Kyle Busch Motorsports, replacing Rafael Lassard. Lassard, as a result, is leaving KBM, and he has signed a deal to GMS Racing to run 12 races. He only has 12 races right now. He's looking for sponsorship to try to run the full season. Meanwhile, also at GMS Racing, uh, Chase Purdy has been announced as the replacement for Brett Moffitt in the truck series at the number 23 truck. Purdy ran seven races for GMS Racing last season, and for the Alabama native, uh, he, he had—I mean, he had some good runs, not too spectacular, but they were all right. Uh, fun fact about Purdy: he finished fourth in the ARCA Championship in 2018 and was teammates to the top two in the championship. And those top two drivers in the championship will be his future GMS teammates, Sheldon Creed and Zane Smith. So it's like a big MDM Motorsports reunion, except this time it's at GMS. Meanwhile, concerning another Chevy Silverado team in the truck series, Ryan Truex, the younger brother of 2017 Cup champion Martin Truex Jr., Ryan is going to be running the full season for Nice Motorsports in their number 40 truck. Now, Truex ran several races in the 40 this past season, but he will take that truck for the full schedule. And also at Nice Motorsports, this came as a big surprise uh, to many, myself included. But their number 45 truck next year will be driven full-time by Brent Moffitt. Now, if that sounds strange, Moffitt had announced that he was going to run full-time in the Xfinity Series for our motorsports. 
However, um, basically as an extra bonus, Chris Auer, the team owner there, uh, offered Moffitt to run the full truck schedule. And the part that I don't quite understand, Brent Moffitt is going to run for truck series points. I mean, I, I get that our motorsports is still kind of a fledgling team, but um, I mean, yeah. I don't know. What, what, what do you all think? That's a tough one for me, Brett Moffitt running for truck points. I mean, our motorsports showed a lot of potential this year, so I thought that they would at least have enough, he'd have enough faith to run for Xfinity points. But I guess. It, it's a. It's also a kind of a downgrade from GMS to Nice Motorsports, especially in how Nice performed last year. I don't know. It's kind of baffling to me. Nice has not been the same since they. I mean, Ross Chastain left. Let's be honest. I don't think Nice is a. It's. It, they're definitely not on the same level as GMS or or um, um any of the teams up top like Kyle Busch Motorsports. They are not ready to do this. I. This this is definitely confusing. I don't think Nice Motorsports is is a playoff caliber team, especially with all the guys in trucks this year. I mean, I criticized last year for the trucks expanding to ten. Somehow, some way, they've proven me wrong, and more teams teams are lining up at the door or to make it in. And you got about 14, 15 drivers who can make it into the playoffs this year. Or, and I can't really tell you who's going to make it in and who's going to make it out. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens at Nice. I think he should have ran for expanding points, especially if they made the playoffs, because that would have been a huge deal. That would have been a huge deal for our Motorsports. That would have been that's how you promote your brand. That's how you get like nobody cares about the owners' points. What they do care about is the point standings for the drivers. As as if you're talking about general uh, fan perception. So that's interesting. John Hunter Nemechek, I don't get this move. I don't get this move because he's going into the clogged-up Toyota pipeline. Well, uh, l- l- let me ask you this then. Uh, concerning John Hunter Nemechek, I-, I understand going to Toyota is a big risk, especially with their pipeline. However, um, I know some drivers are going to have different answers on this, but would you rather be in equipment that is like okay but not super great that won't really get you uh, many great runs or would you sacrifice a few things to run really competitively for a championship in a lower series in hopes of getting a better ride in the future? Let me ask you this. It's who besides Kyle Busch has won in KBM equipment not on a super, spe- I mean a super speedway in the past two years? Oh, two years? Oh, boy. Um, Only uh, one race that I can remember. Yeah, I Brandon Only, Jones. Yeah. But no, not okay. Yeah, Brandon Jones did win, and that's fair. Or, or, okay, two races. That race, and and last year at Martinsville, that was uh, Todd Gillen. Yeah, that was Todd Gillen. Kyle Busch, you ago. can stay yeah. in your. Yeah, Kyle Busch, you can stay in your motorhome. Yeah. So, oh, here's the deal: Is Kyle Busch Motorsports really a a top tier team right now in the Truck Series? I. Well, I'm trying to think on Toyota. Who's the top Toyota? I would think that they're they're the top Toyota team. They're the top Toyota team, but that might be the only Toyota team there. Exactly. Here's well, maybe not the only. There is Holmar with Stuart Friesen. Right, but and I mean they are are outside the top. uh, I mean they're top fifteen and maybe top ten if they get lucky. But here's the deal. Oh, at Front Row Motorsports, John Hunter Nemechek was impressive. He was it's phenomenal. I think a lot of us saw. Once his contract expired at front row, they were obviously going to resign him if they wanted to. 
Oh, he wasn't going to walk away. He wasn't. I mean, they weren't going to let him walk away unless he wanted to walk away. So here's what I I don't get. Why go down two levels and maybe not perform well in Kyle Busch Motorsports? Because that is a huge risk if you want to get into the Toyota pipeline unless you have something lined up for 2022. So, yeah, if it, it has something lined up for 2022. But my thing is, there was an open JGR seat in Xfinity, wasn't there? There was. I don't understand why you need to go all the way down to trucks when the 18 was still available, even at the time. It was late when he pulled out of front row. Now, I know they have agreements with other drivers to drive the 18. It's like kind of an all-star car. But that would be a much better way to stay up in the pipeline, because now you're behind guys too. You're behind Brandon Jones. You're behind, and I mean, you're behind a lot of guys. I don't. This is just confusing to me because unless he's going to 23XI Racing next season, and even then, I don't even know because as you have Brandon Jones, you have potential for Denny Hamlin to join on. Denny Hamlin's contract expires at the end of next season, so oh, uh, that's a possibility that Denny jumps to his own team. I don't know. This is this is risky, and I don't think it's going to pan out. I okay here I'm going to play devil's advocate on here. I think <clears throat> in a sense this could be a real if, if it pays off. This could be a really smart move because big if. Yeah, it's a big if, but Kyle Busch Motorsports, it's clear that they have struggled in the last few seasons. John Hunter Nemechek is a proven winner in the truck series. Brent Moffitt is a proven winner in the truck series and Nice Motorsports they struggled last season once Ross Chastain left. My thinking is that with the hiring of Nice to Brett Moffitt and Kyle Busch Motorsports to John Hunter Nemechek is that they're hoping to bring in these veterans who have a good sense of what these trucks are about, how they handle, what they can do, any insight to help them make the team itself more competitive. And if it works, if it, if it works for both teams – we could see them being more successful next year. But you're comparing apples to, I mean, you're comparing an apple situation to an orange situation. Brett Moffitt's moving up the pipeline. Brett Moffitt is moving up. Uh, he's, I mean, yes, he's running for trucks points, but he's also at our Motorsports. He's moving up the pipeline, and so it doesn't really matter for Nice. That's a good move for Nice. It's it's a bad move for Kyle Busch Motorsports and John Hunter Nemechek because you're moving down the pipeline. You're bringing someone who's been from the cup to uh, uh, the trucks. And, I mean, if he can help figure out uh, what's wrong with those those trucks right now, because obviously nobody outside of Kyle Busch has been able to really maintain a level of success that we've kind of expected out of KBM, I really don't know. This is a risky move, and I just don't know if it's going to work out for John Hunter. It might work out for Kyle Busch Motorsports, and hopefully they could get back on top of their game and the Evil Empire can return (laughs) in in terms of pipeline. But right now, I don't see this working. Yeah, it it makes sense for each truck team. It absolutely does because, of course, you want to get the best drivers in there. Brett Moffat has proven to be one of the best truck drivers in recent memory, and John Hunter Nemechek as well. You're completely right on the money about going down the pipeline. I, if he had won to Xfinity, I would have said, okay, that's a little bit down, but I could see a Xfinity next step. Xfinity is understandable. I could see a next step in the immediate future. Getting behind Harrison Burton and all of them, 
That's tough. That's tough to pass him up because they could have impressive seasons too. And who are you going to pass up on? A guy who had a great season in Xfinity or a guy who had a great season in trucks? That's another good point. Um, we're, we're running really long on this subject, but um, I, I do want to uh, re- just ask the question, and we all don't, you all don't have to answer it now, but um, like I know drivers will have different responses. And I think um, even on a podcast that I watched a while ago, Austin Terrio, the former ARCA champ, had a really good uh, point about this question. Uh, it, for a driver, they, like, they have to ask themselves, would they rather be running at the top level of competition but in not great equipment running 25th to 30th every week for almost a full season or would they run to be running uh, up in the top five top 10 with a good chance to be there regularly on a week-to-week basis but sacrifice going down for a lower series in hopes of getting a better ride in the future that's something that um I know different drivers will have different answers to that. This is definitely why it's an off-season debate and why we've gone 26 minutes on this segment. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's an interesting topic. Um, we'll get to the next subject after a quick break. Stay with us, everybody. You're listening to Burnin' Rubber here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. When we come back, we'll hand out some more season grades from the Cup Series this year and a quick announcement for Jimmy Johnson and endurance racing. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh man, mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh man, mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, meth. Oh, meth. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my community and those I care about safe from threats. Learn more about how you, too, can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association at this station. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. This is an important message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. They attack our trench. We attack their trench. And then to keep the score even, they will attack our trench once again. French foot occurs when feet are wet for long periods of time. French foot causes feet to hurt, swell, and feel heavy. Protect your feet, clean and dry your feet, wear clean, dry socks, and soak affected feet in warm water for five minutes. Elevate bare feet when sleeping. Seek medical attention right away if you suspect someone has trench foot. Ah! I got the trench! (laughs) 
Welcome back to Burning Rubber here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. A quick reminder that KCOU is proudly sponsored in their Missouri Tiger football coverage by Pizza Tree. Open Tuesdays through Sundays, Pizza Tree is excited to now serve breakfast slices, bagels, and coffee. Located at 909 Cherry Street, more information is available on their website, pizzatreepizza.com, or by phone call at 573-874-9925. Slice specials can also be found on their Twitter and Facebook. KCOU would like to thank Pizza Tree for supporting KCOU Sports and Student Radio. Gentlemen, we have a quick announcement to make about Jimmy Johnson, the uh, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion. He is going to still be racing next season, driving in the number 48 car for Chip Ganassi, splitting that uh, ride with Tony Kanaan throughout next season. However, uh, it was announced that Jimmy Johnson is also going to be running the Rolex 24 as part of the Cadillac DPI program for Action Express Racing next January. He will be running with the likes of Kamui Kobayashi, a former F1 driver, Simon Pagano, current IndyCar driver for Team Penske, and a longtime sports car racer, uh, Germany's Mike Rockenfeller. Uh, so there's that to keep in mind. This yeah. isn't the dream aim team we were hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the car does, I mean, just looking at the, like, part of the paint scheme. It looks pretty sick. It, it, it looks good. And, like, I'm not. Nah, uh, jokes aside, ain't eight of the NASCAR retirement and Dream Team aim, aim that we've all been <laughs> in clamoring about for years. As I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Jimmy Johnson and the Rogues 24. Or I think this is, is third or fourth time, if I recall correctly. He's, he's done it before. I just don't remember how many times. Yeah, he's done it before. And really, I... I mean, it's great to see Johnson still racing, even if it's not going to be in NASCAR or next season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seeing Jimmy out of NASCAR, of course, is at first bittersweet, but seeing him get to do his own thing now, go race wherever he really wants, it's really nice for him. Like, I'm sure the pressure of no longer being, well, still a seven-time champion, but there's no pressure in these situations now. For sure. He's earned it. Absolutely. So, uh, with that out of the way... There are some season grades to give out. We've got 16 drivers left from the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series season. Uh, we've got some time on our hands. Let's try to get through at least eight on this first segment. And to lead this, I will turn the reins over to Justin Palmer. Justin? Oh, you guys are going to hate me for this because guess who's the first driver we got to grade here? Jimmy Jeffrey J.J.J. Johnson? Yes. Mmm, <laughs> boy. Okay. Um... We'll, we'll just go around. We'll start with Hal on this. Uh, one okay. out of ten. I'll g- I'm give one through him, ten, I should say. I'm going to give him a, be a four. It was disappointing. Really? Man. It was a bad season. I mean, it's been two bad seasons in a row for him. I mean, it was three. Three. Yeah, three. I mean, to be fair, twenty. I, I, would, I would have given him a, a worse grade from 2018 than 2019 because at the very least in 2019, or not 2020, uh, I would have given him a worse grade in 2019 than 2020. I'm getting my years mixed up. 2020, he had some speed. He just never had the luck, which is unfortunate. I'm actually going to give be a little lenient on this one. He closed out his season in style with a top five, the highest finishing driver of the non-championship contenders. And he had some good, like, he had some good runs, but, uh, man, execution and just bad luck everywhere took him out of the running and left him out of the playoffs. I'm going to give him a, a six and a half 
out of 10. Not spectacular, but not terribly bad. Here's here's the deal. I think and he's here's I'm going to give him a 7 cuz here's the deal. Without Indianapolis, without Kentucky, you name a single race this season, Johnson's in on points. Johnson gets into the playoffs and I think that I think the fact that he was kind of robbed of that if he made the playoffs, I would have given him an eight, eight, but he didn't make the playoffs. That I'm going to give him a seven, which brings his final grade. And the five-year average has not been kind to Johnson. He gets an F on his final year. Yikes. Uh, here's another driver who's probably disappointed us all, oh, Eric boy. Jones. Oh, boy. What a lead-in. A driver has disappointed us all. Um I'm going to give him a seven. I mean, this was... Seven? Yeah, I mean, he didn't get a win. He's... It's kind of been the par for the course outside of not getting a win. It's Joe Gibbs racing equipment. Yeah, but we're not taking equipment into account as tier one in general, though. Still Joe Gibbs equipment. And to not get a single win? I mean, sure, get top fives, top tens, blah, 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 you name it, whatever. But, man, he really fell off this season. Um, He really needs a good rebound at, at Richard Petty next season. But for this year... Honestly, this was just a really down year for him. I'll give him a, I'll give him a four and a half. Yeah, I really can't and go higher than and I mean a five and a half. I really just did not see much improvement and from him this year. And the fact that he didn't make the playoffs is definitely concerning. And he's going to end up with a sixty nine point four two. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, had to. Um, Hold up, let me check the the third decimal point just to make sure. <laughs> Oh okay, it's not. It's not. Okay. Hey, we're good. We're good. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Eric Almarola, next driver. This is interesting. Eric Almarola, I, I, I don't want to penalize him for this, but I got really annoyed when he kept getting poles <laughs> week after week and did nothing with them. But that's not that's not his fault that that happened. I'm going to give him, uh, he improved his average finish a good bit. I'm going to give him a seven and a half. All right. For Almarola, um, uh, it wasn't a spectacular season, but it wasn't bad either. Um, he did improve somewhat on last season. I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him a seven. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a seven. I think that's kind of what we expected out of Eric Amaral, and that's what we got out of Eric Amaral, which brings him to a B minus an eighty point one seven, and on the air or didn't think, think it was good. It didn't think it was bad. Next driver, William Byron. Man, I've. This is one where I go, I know the grading system, he's going to be rewarded for that win. But before that, I was just going, this guy didn't have a top five for so long this year. So I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a seven because of the win. Otherwise, it would have been a six. All right. For me, um, he did kind of take a step back consistency-wise. However, um, he did have that win at Daytona. I'll reward him a little for that. I'm going to give him a seven and a half. I'm going to uh, give him a six and a half F on this one. I'm going to be a lot more critical of it. I think this was the year we he should have seen a lot more of uh, William Byron. He got the win at Daytona, which obviously helps, but I expected a lot more and I didn't get any, so I got to dock him for, for that. Next driver, retirement and tour now, Clint Boyer. Ah, Clint Boyer. If I could rate him for a personality, he'd be an 11 out of 10. But <laughs> in terms of driving this year, was it was a step back from what he had been doing. I'm going to give him a 6. I actually think this was kind of a step up from Boyer, considering how bad it was last season. Uh, he did make the playoffs. He was a little more consistent. 
Um, it was an average season for Boyer. Uh, nothing, again, nothing spectacular, but nothing bad either. So I'll settle with a seven and a half for Boyer on his last season. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with if a seven and I mean a seven out of ten, basically a same thing. Really, just this was what we expected out of him, and that's what we got out of him. So, oh, nice little seven that brings him um to a seventy-seven point eight five eight for his final season. Not too bad and for Clint Boyer. Next driver, Ryan Blaney. This should be interesting. Ooh. This is one where you go. He has one win, but he definitely should have had more. Um, there are a lot of mistakes made in the year. Uh, quite frankly, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a seven and a half because it wasn't, he performed well, but there should have been more. He started off the season so strongly, but then like after the Talladega win, it just went. So I don't know. I got to, I'm going to be a little bit harsher on this. I'll say six and a half because he's got to pick up the pace at some point. I agree. I agree with that assessment. And really, I, I think he's the driver we expect at this point to be up with Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski. And right now, he is obviously not doing it. I got to give him a six and a half. And again, it's going to be an 87 for him. And his season average was up this season. But I think... I think all of us agree he needs to be getting up there a lot closer, and it's not happening right now, especially for him to kind of pick up the ride over or a guy like Matt DiBenedetto for next season. Uh, yeah, you got to pick up more than one win at some point in your career. Speaking of one win, Kyle Busch. Let's see how this goes. Oh, um, I mean, I don't know what's too harsh on him, to be honest, because it needs to be harsh. This I'm going to give him a three. This was a bad year. He needs wins. And I, I don't think it's all on him, but he needs to do better than that. We know it. We know he can do better. Yeah. And I, I just counted up the drivers on here. Uh, we can split it down the middle with seven. So I think we can make this the last one before we go to break. Yep. But with Kyle Bush, I mean, compared to how we've been accustomed to seeing Kyle perform, this was a big off season for him. Um, only one victory. But at the same time, he's had seasons where he's only had a vic- one victory before. But, man, just the, all across the board, his stats were down. So, yeah, I'm going to give him um, – at least he got the victory. So I'm going to boost him up on that. But it's a 4 out of 10 for him, him this wow, season. Wow, that's generous. I gave him a, I gave him a 2 out of 10. It would have been a 1 out of 10 if he didn't get the win. And this is a championship driver. That would, I mean, we talk about championship hangovers. I mean, Kyle Busch was knocked out for three days after that party. He just did not do anything this year until the very end. And by then, it was just too late. And again, I do not think it's going to get better for him because he's getting a new crew chief next season. And obviously, Adam Stevenson is going into that 20 car, but... Yeah, it was not a good year, and Kyle Busch does not even crack 50% on our grading scale. Wow. Uh, man, <laughs> seems a little surprising. The five-year average is a big pain in the butt, and so is the win count, especially for Kyle Busch in the past five years. Yeah, that, that explains it. All right, so uh, there are still seven drivers to go, but we'll take care of those. After the break, you're listening to Burnin' Rubber on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. I want my teenage son to be thinking how to deal with life's stresses and natural changes. 
I want to know how to talk to him about things he'll experience as he builds relationships. I want him to know I'm there for him. I just don't know how. Here is a resource that can get you started. Connect With Me activity cards have been developed to help begin the discussions. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and other resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Man, am I glad to see you. What are you doing on this deserted road? Some guys from school drove out here and we're going to start fooling around with drugs. When I told them all drugs do is mess up your head and get you in a lot of trouble, they kicked me out of the van and drove off. You're right not to get involved in the drug scene. Nobody with any sense wants any part of it. How do I get home? That's no problem at all. That's life. That's life. Welcome back That's to Burn and Rubber on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, the student voice You're of the Missouri right Tigers. Just living life here in the studio. It's not a bad life. I mean, it's nice being here with some good friends talking about motorsports. 500 too. Absolutely. Mizzou is over 500. They're going to finish 500 at least in, in the, the regular, regular season. season. How about that? What a time to be alive. Yes, I just ripped that from the Georgia Tech game long ago. Uh, Anyway, seven drivers left to grade. We went over the first three. Or not... Whoa, where did I get that number? First seven. It's been a long day, folks. Uh, Let's carry on. Starting with Martin Truex Jr. We'll go ahead and start with Hal Lee Stemp. Your grade uh, on a scale of 1 to 10... Martin Truex Jr.'s 2020 season. If I want to punish Kyle Busch for having one win, I'm going to punish Martin Truex Jr. too. He gets a four. That's my generous rating, if I'm being honest. Because, quite frankly, one win. If it's unacceptable for Kyle, it's unacceptable for another champion in Martin Truex Jr. Okay, uh, from my end, I'm going to be a little more lenient because Martin Truex had a new crew chief this year. And I think that ultimately led to the lack of success. Now, here's hoping that Next season, they'll be able to click a little bit better and uh, move on with their way. But Joe Gibbs as a whole, they just seem to, aside from Denny Hamlin, Joe Gibbs as a whole took a big step back. Uh, I'm going to be a little more lenient on this, considering Truex had a new crew chief in James Small, but not too much more lenient. It was a a kind of of middle-of-the-road season, 5 out of 10. Yep, I'm with you on that. 5 out of 10 for me, a... um... I kind of knew this was coming. I kind of expected this as Al Martin Truex Jr. without uh, his crew chief, Cole Pern. Earn. He, I mean, obviously, the James Small combo has not worked so far. And the the five-year average strikes again here. Had, had this been in 2019 that he did this, it's, it would have been a lot t- uh, nicer of a grade. But Truex gets a D this year, 66.79% on our grading scale. Man. Next driver up. Alex Bowman, this should be fun. Alex Bowman, he had a, such a strong playoff run, but it was a step forward a, a little bit. I'm going to give him an 8, and totally not because we share a birthday. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, like I buy that. Um, Alex Bowman, although to his credit, he did take kind of a step forward. I mean, he got another win at California, 
and he was really in contention for a good chunk of the playoffs, at least for race victories. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to be as high as Hal because, uh, yeah, birthday. But um, I'll, I'll give him a seven and a half for this season. You know, I I go back and forth on this one, to be honest, because on one hand, he got the win and he did very well in the postseason. Let's not deny that. Alex Bowman came second in the postseason under 2004 or through 2011 rules. He would have came four, second. So, really, that's a positive sign. He got the win at Auto Club. But he did nothing through that after or the pandemic into the like from um, Darlington on to Daytona. He did nothing. Absolutely nothing. And, I mean, that's kind of what happens when you hand out the contract that early on into the season. But, hey, hey what are you going to do? He earned that contract in the postseason. I'm going to give him the 8 out of 10, and I'll be kind to him. And that bumps his grade up to an 87.33. So, not a bad year for Alex Bowman. All right, boys, this is going to be the controversial one of the hour. Kevin Harvick. I'm giving Kevin Harvick a 10 because he had nine wins, had an insane average finish of 7.3. Yes, he didn't win the title, but this was a season that was still pretty historic, his best season of his career other than championships, but I think even he'd take nine wins. Okay, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to give him a perfect 10, only because he didn't get the championship. Now, with that said, Stats across the board, I am going to be uh, giving him a grade that I feel is deserving of top-notch quality. Not a 10, but I will give him a 9.5 for this season. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I was wondering if someone was going to go under 10, and I think that's appropriate. I'm going to give him the 10, though, again, because there's one reason. Best season in a millennial. Of all drivers, best season in a millennial. you got to give him the 10 on that. And, yeah, he got 115% on the scale out here. <laughs> Broke the scale. He, I mean, I expected some drivers to go over. Or, hey, it's an extra credit class. Yes, it's a middle school class where you can earn like fit, like 15,000 points of extra credit. And if you actually put up the work, he earned those points this year. He got eight. He got 18% in the wins bonus and an extra three and a half points for or stages. He broke the scale in terms of the win bonuses, and he's going to get an A because of that. Another driver who's automatically going to get an A at this point but did not do well in the postseason, Denny Hamlin. Same story, different year. It's sad to say. I'm still going to give him uh, I'm gonna give him a 9.5. It wasn't a historic season, but it was still a very great season. It just missing a title. That's not why I'm taking it off, though. It's because it's not historic. Yeah, I, Hamlin kind of tailed off as the second half went on. He was still up there, but just not as dominant as we had seen at the start of the season. I'll be a little less gracious. I'll give Hamlin a 9. Yep, I'm right there with you. I'm going to give him the 9 out of 10. And he would have gotten a 10 if he won the title, but here's the deal. He's got to win that one at some point. And, and until then, I'm not giving him a 10 on any of my grades from here on out. I'm just going to say that right there. That's but fair. he's going to earn 14 in points in the bonus and another 5.5 for all of his stage wins. He's going to get 114.17 this year. Man. It was a really good year for Danny Hamlin. And that keep in mind, that also helps because the five-year average. Hamlin's had some off-and-on seasons kind of towards the back end in the past couple of years before he got Chris Gabehart. So he gets it's over the A-plus limit and two. And another driver, or he won't get over 100. I guarantee you that. Joey Logano. Let's see what you guys think on that. 
Joey Logano, I'll give him an eight. It was a pretty good year, but it's also kind of, I expect this out of Joey Logano, deep run in the playoffs. He's consistent in that regard. So for that, I'll give him an eight. He's made the Final Four in even-numbered years, and he had uh, he had a quiet season, but he still managed to perform. I'll give him, yeah, I'll give him an eight as well. I'll be a little more generous. I'll give him the eight and a half. If I think he did a lot better in the postseason than he did in the regular season, um, a little disappointing. I would have given him a nine if he had another win and and thrown in there, but it was a pretty good year for him. Eighty-eight point one seven is our final rating on him. Next driver, Brad Keselowski. This is going to be interesting because the scale might go over 100 here. Brad Keselowski, we were hard on him for so long. I'm going to give him I'm going to give him a 9. This was a very good season, an improvement from the last two seasons. It's been it's been good for Brad Keselowski and he got past that dreaded round of 8. He got all <laughs> the way to the final four and finished second. It was a good season. 9 as well for the same reasons. Yep, I'm going to be right there with you. Nines across the board here, and that gets him over the 100. He's 103.75%, and 8% in the bonus, and 4% in stage wins. So it was a good season for Brad Keselowski. Not the title, oh, but it was good to see him finally get past that second round of the playoffs. Final driver and the champion for this season, Chase Elliott. What are you giving them? I got to give him a 10. He won the championship, and quite frankly, it, even if he didn't, it was a huge step forward this year. Five wins, good job. I mean, he won the championship, so there's really only one grade I can give him, and it's a 10. I am not going to give him the 10. What? Ooh. Here's why. He should have won two more races this season. Okay, well, for one thing, his crew chief kind of screwed him out of one of them, and the other, what was the other? It was It's Bristol. It was Bristol. Oh yeah, he that one he kind of brought yeah, on I, himself. He he needed he like if he had won one of those races, I think he I agree with the ten out of ten assessment here. But there were just so many races in the first half of the season where he completely choked away. I just cannot give him the perfect ten out of ten. I'll give him the nine and a half. I'm not that big of a jerk, but oh, it was a really good season for Chase Elliott. A lot better than I think we were expecting, and the great proves it. A hundred and ten percent. And for Chase Elliott, and I'll go ahead and get the overall results here. Aaron Sterling, do you want to add anything real quick? Um, not really. I mean, we covered everything we uh, had sent to do with grains. All we got now is picks, and I think we can just go. We can go ahead and go straight into those if we want to. By the way, so uh, with that, Ed, our final grading average age came out to be seventy-five point three six. Was our final grade average? For all drivers across the board. For all drivers across the board, our final average was 75.36. And you had had four drivers break the 100% marker. That was Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, and Kevin Harvick. But overall, um, Harvick was on the top. And I mean, top five was Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, and Tyler Reddick. Bottom five was... Is Ricky Stanhouse Jr., Garrett Smithley, Kyle Busch, Ryan Newman, and Matt Kenseth. Rounded out the bottom five. Yep. All right. So those were the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series driver grades as determined by the Burnin' Rubber panel. So uh, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, not much time. Let's go ahead and make some picks. First, 
For the Snowball Derby, the iconic late model race that is being held uh, tonight in at the Five Flags Speedway in Pensacola, Florida, uh, we'll go ahead and make our picks for who we think is going to win uh, win the annual Snowball Derby. I'll start with Justin Palmer on this subject. Ooh, you're going to pu- throw me right into it, aren't you? Yeah, because, I, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I've got to look up the entry list. All right, fair enough. Um, there's a lot of good names out here. All right, you got Ty Majeski in this race. You got Kyle Busch starting ninth. You have Chase Elliott, who had to race his way into the transfer spot. And you have Chandler, Chandler Smith. So there's a good amount of drivers here. There's 55 drivers in this race. So it's really a kind of a crapshoot in terms of who I'm going to pick. But I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say a Derek Krause will win this race. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Starting 14th. All right. Hal? You know, it's been a great year for Chase Elliott. I think he's going to continue it by winning the Snowball Derby. All the way back from, hang on here. 42nd. 42nd. He started from the rear of the championship race. He did start at the end. (laughs) But this is, I mean, this isn't 500 laps. Yeah, it's... It's going to be a lot of work for Chase Elliott. Um, I'm going to go a little further up the grid and go with somebody who appeared to have won it last season only for it to get stripped away in post-race tech, and I heard a lot about this. I'm going to go with Steven Nassi. Uh, he's starting in the fifth position. Not a bad pick he, at all. He's really good at Five Flags Speedway and it appeared to have won it only to get disqualified for some technical thing that was really controversial and that gave the... The derby went to Travis Braden in the end, uh, which Braden even said afterward he did not want to win it that way. But, yeah, those are our picks for the Snowball Derby. And as for the F1 race that is going on this weekend, the Sakir Grand Prix, we mentioned George Russell is in for Lewis Hamilton. Jack Aitken is replacing George Russell for this weekend. And Pietro Fittipaldi is replacing Roman Grosjean for this weekend. Uh, 20 drivers. 87 laps on what is called the uh, Bahrain Oval, which, let's be honest, it's not an oval. Uh, It's really not. It's a trapezoid at best, as Hal put it yesterday. Yeah. There actually is an oval at Bahrain, yet they're not using it. Shocker. Um, Justin, I'll I'll go ahead and start with you again. Pick for who wins the Sakir Grand Prix. Lewis, oh, wait. He's not racing. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I was going to say. Hey, and nah, I was joking about that, but here's the deal. You usually have, if around this table, it's 70% Lewis Hamilton, 15% Botez, 15%, and, and Max Verstappen. This week, it's 33-33-33, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like. And I'm going to go ahead and, and get at this one on the board. I'm going to say Botez gets it done, but Russell is going to have a really good race. All right. Howley Step. I'm going to go with Max Verstappen because I, I don't know. It feels like this year Boatas might fall behind just because it's been a rough year for him. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Do it. I'm, you know what? Do Gentlemen, it. you know you want buckle to. down. Do it. Find the straps. <laughs> I'm saying it. George Russell's going to win this weekend. He's going to do it. George Russell is going to hop in that Mercedes car, get plucked from Williams, and on debut for Mercedes, he's going to win, baby. He's going to win. Oh, man, that felt good. Still won't score points for Williams. (laughs) Yeah, Williams has got their own set of problems. But uh, nonetheless, George Russell, it's clear that he is high up on Mercedes' development track. Like, once Botas is gone, Russell has taken over that spot. 
and he was fastest in the first two practice sessions. It only makes sense to me that Russell, if he gets a really good start and gets out in front of Botas, he can pull away from there. That's my biggest concern about picking Botas is the start of that race because I think Inc., this is going to play out a lot like an IndyCar race, race uh, even though it's on a trapezoid. I was really hoping that after all that buildup, I was going to hear something like, that's right, I'm going to pick Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our, our friend Josh Neighbors would be proud, which reminds me, we should watch it on Zoom. I'm, we should call up Josh and watch it on Zoom. I'm down. I'm down. You're down for it? Sweet. <laughs> Pack your laptops, everyone. We're watching this on Zoom tomorrow morning. Oh, what a show. What a day. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Burning Rubber here on KCOU. FM Columbia, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and please be kind to one another, both in person and online. Have a great rest of your weekend, everyone. And on behalf of my co-hosts, Justin Palmer and Hal Estep, take care until the next week. We will be back for the fall semester finale next Friday, December the 11th at noon Central Daylight Central Standard Time, I should say, we will have our mock awards ceremony uh, for the 2020 uh, auto racing season throughout NASCAR, IndyCar, F1, you name it, we'll be handing out some good awards and hardware. On behalf of my co-hosts, until next time, for legal obligations, we don't have a hardware to award out. Sorry. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just for glory, basically. Until next week for the Mock Awards Ceremony, on behalf of my co-hosts Justin Palmer and Hal Step, I'm Sterling Price, signing off. This is DJ Megaseg, your favorite robot DJ, only on KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. Home.